BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Balanced Fawn Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am your host, Jordan Younger. And on this podcast, we go super deep. We talk about everything from aliens to shamanism to entrepreneurship to health and wellness, starting a brand, friendship, relationships, ayahuasca, everything in between. And I am so happy, so honored to have today's guest on the show, the fabulous Shaman Durek, back for his third conversation on the Balance Bond podcast. I would highly recommend listening to the first two to hear more about his journey and his amazing experiences that he's had in his life. And the near-death experiences that he's had. We've talked about all of that on the show. He's a very, very special person to me, very special person to Jonathan. As you'll hear in this episode, he was at our wedding and we had so much fun. We do a lot of wedding reminiscing in this episode. We talk all about Shaman Durek's relationship with the princess of Norway, Martha Louise. That is his girlfriend. And we talk all about that relationship in this episode. We talk about everything going on in the world right now from Corona to Black Lives Matter to racism and more. And this episode was so special and I felt like it couldn't wait to come out, so we're releasing it as a bonus episode, which is something that I will occasionally do when an episode just hits me in the heart in such a serious, strong, beautiful way that I just can't possibly wait like a month to release it because I do... I record kind of real time, but kind of ahead of time just to keep things profesh and Sometimes I just can't wait. So this is one of those episodes where I absolutely couldn't wait. As you'll hear in the beginning of the episode, I was having a really emotional day. I was hysterically crying to Jonathan before this recording, just telling him like, I'm feeling so much anxiety lately. Things are feeling so intense and heavy. And I knew that talking to Shaman Durek would make me feel better, but I didn't realize how much better it would make me feel. It transformed the way I was feeling, honestly, and he has that powerful ability. He's a shaman, so he works with energy, very much an energy alchemist, and not only did I cry in this episode, but he also got emotional. We both cried 
he really opened up about some of his struggles with experiencing racism, not only in the wellness world, but also within the royal family and the family that he will eventually, not too long from now, be marrying into. And it just, it brought me to tears when he talked about it on this episode. So I know that you guys will be very moved as well. He's one of the most genuine, powerful, kind, gentle, gentle yet powerful. He does have the ability to be both souls um, that I know on this earth. He's so special to me. And this conversation really blew my mind. Um, And it felt very timely with everything going on in the world right now. So I just didn't want to wait. I just wanted to release it. I hope that it will brighten your spirits today, teach you some things, open your eyes, um, and ultimately just make you feel more awake and more seen and heard. That's always the goal of this show and every conversation that I have. So this was the best conversation that I had had for sure all week when I had this conversation because I was just struggling a lot with a lot of anxiety and I've been writing quite a bit about my health and how I've been feeling lately on thebalancedblonde.com as inspired by Glennon Doyle, who is always honest and raw and open. And I'm reading her book right now, Untamed. So between reading Untamed, talking to Shaman Durek, who is such a special and phenomenal human in my life, I was just feeling And I have been feeling inspired to really be open lately and really just own my power. So not only am I owning how I really feel with my sickness and healing, so I'm not going to call it my sickness. I'm actually calling myself out. Um, I need to get used to saying that I'm healing and I'm feeling healthier. So I'm owning that and I'm owning my own powers and Shaman Durek always reminds me how powerful I am, how really everything that we are worried about, so much of it is created in our head and we really do have the power to turn our own life around, our own experiences around and he is just such an inspiration. So I really appreciate him opening up about everything that we discuss in this episode. It's amazing and I can't wait for you to hear it. And before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to remind you guys or let you know that it's almost that time again where you can sign up for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition if you are interested in being a health coach or starting a career in the health and wellness industry. That's how I got started in this wild and amazing online world. And they're just such a fabulous, fabulous place to get your health coaching certification. And I can get you $2,000 off of your health coaching certification program, which is pretty epic, by just letting them know that I sent you, or you can use the link in the show notes, which we will leave below, which will automatically then apply that discount for you guys. So IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition. If you want to learn more about it, I did do a solo episode about two months ago. So it would be 
solo episode, my health journey part two, which talks all about health coaching. So check that out. Make sure to use that link below so you can get the $2,000 off of your tuition if you sign up. Being a health coach is pretty awesome, even if you don't end up being an actual coach. Like myself, I never really went down that path. I just used the knowledge on my blog, podcast, ebooks that I've created, books that I've written, and more. So there's really a lot that you can do with it. And as always, come say hi on Instagram, The Balanced Blonde. Tell me what your favorite part of this episode was after you listen to it. Go support Shaman Durek. Tell him that you came over from TBB community. Show him that TBB love. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, please do so. It would mean so much to me. And if you do, send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and I will send you my yoga ebook for free as a thank you. Yeah, because I know if you take the time out of your day to do something like that for me, I want to give you a personalized thank you and send you a free gift. So with that, let's have this convo with Shaman Durek begin. He is truly incredible, one of a kind, and he's also the author of Spirit Hacking, which is a book that everybody needs to read. He is the host of his own podcast, which you must check out, link in the show notes, and check him out on Shaman Durek on Instagram. So we will dive into this episode now. So special that it had to be a bonus episode. Enjoy. I'm fantastic, my love. I miss you. I miss you. It's so good to see you. It's great to see you. I was just talking to Princess Marta and she would love to come on your podcast if you have her. I would love to have her on. She seems incredible. You guys seem so happy together, which makes me so happy. I want to talk all about that in the episode. And I want to see you. Are you you in LA? I'm here in LA, yeah. So I could either come over to your place or you can come over here or either or whatever. Yeah, let's do it. I just kind of started getting back out in the world again a little bit, which feels so good. It has been so, just such a wild time. It's going to shut down again. And my dear spirits told me we're going to go through a second wave coming up in August, which is mid, mid, it's going to already start within the next couple of weeks. So it's got the most insane chills when you said that. I've been having that feeling. Obviously, I trust. I, I that was the first thing I wanted to know from you and your spirits. And God, I know I've been like so emotional all day, just feeling so many things. <laughs> so, well, you're going through a metamorphosis right now, my dear. You you are just now going. You're you've been shifting through your empathic energies, which has been a lot of the things that have caused you a lot of pain in the past. And also, we like being able to see a higher vision for humanity that humans have not yet seen because you've always been this pure heart since you were a little girl. And so like what's happening now is being able to still be able to feel those emotions, but not be so affected by what the world is doing. And how do you create that, that centering autonomy for yourself? Like that's what's coming up spiritually. Um, the spirits are telling me about you. Wow. So how do I, do we have any answers here? I mean, I feel, I was honestly so emotional earlier today. If I was doing this podcast with anyone but you, I would have postponed it. 
But I was talking to Jonathan like an hour ago and he's like, no, this is Shaman Durek. Like you need to be talking to him. So, I miss him. I know. I love him. Little boy just came out <laughs> making weird sounds because I love him so much. Um, so here's the thing you have to do is you have to say this. So say these words and repeat these words, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. That the people. That the people. Will make the same choices. Make the same choices. That I've seen in other lifetimes. That I've seen in other lifetimes. And I can feel this fear inside of me. And I can feel this fear inside of me. And the sadness. And the sadness. And however, now that I've confessed it to spirit. And however, now that I've confessed it to spirit. I can release it and let it go. I can release it and let it go. And clear it out of my body now. And clear it out of my body now. By vibrating the muscles in my system. By vibrating the muscles in my system. And changing the frequency within my body. And changing the frequency within my body. And releasing it through my breath right now. And releasing it through my breath right now. (sighs) Do you feel that? Yes. Yeah, because you see, my dear, (laughs) you were around in a lot of lifetimes where humans didn't make the right choice and it led to the destruction of of civilizations. And you were always the one who was like, why, people? Why? Why can't we come into love? Why can't we come into a, a, a wholeness of each other? Like, why can't we pull into each other instead of constantly fighting against each other because of this enslavement that's been happening on our planet by these ETs who took dominion over us and keeps us in this disarray and this disconnection by using telepathic frequencies to make us hurt our own selves and destroy our own resources. And so a lot of your life has been about understanding how your body is functioning and how your body has been um, affected by the empathic frequencies you have. You have to realize at some point, my dear, that you need to be carrying different types of stones like pyrite or hematite or you know um, any type of metallic stone, lodestone, because you are uh, an acute impact. That means you can feel the suffering of both the planet and the people at the same time. And that's going to affect your immune system. That's going to make you um, put yourself in situations where you find things to attack your immune system. So it could be like something you eat or drink, or it could be some type of thing that you let in your body to affect you to cause autoimmune situations because of the fact that you've been feeling bombarded and attacked since you were a child. And a lot of the a lot of the synthesis that has happened also is because in your family there has always been this kind of like I don't want to say I don't want to say anything bad about your family because I love your mom and dad, but there is a level of protection that they needed to have to be able to help you understand these these violence and things that are happening in the world instead of like coveting you so much to the point where you had to come and discover these things on your own and it was really a threat to your system when you found out about it. And so a lot of your diet changes and a lot of the things that you've gone through through your journey of being the balanced blonde has been exactly what your name is, which is about finding balance within the chaos and the peace. And it's like, how do you... 
How do you live in a world where there's so much chaos, but still be this peaceful, amazing woman that you are and still build a family and then feel comfortable about having family and children in this world when all of that keeps coming up for you? It's like, why am I going to bring children in this world? What am I going to do? How are they going to be affected? Because you start, because your empathic energies knows that you would have to create some form of safe haven so that the epigenetics that affect your child while it's in the gestation period is going to create harmony for your child versus create any type of um, illness or any type of problem for your child. Right. So there's all these factors playing out right now for you. And this is a, this is a really important time for you to spend more time submerged in water with sea salt. It is a time for you to spend more time, um, you know, just having, you know, the time to not feel like you have to figure it out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is so on point as always. These are the things I've been thinking about for the last several hours. Like I want to have kids so bad. I want to have them yeah. bad. I can't. Like I'm, I'm sick. And what if, what if I pass this on to them? And oh my God, the state of our world, what's going to happen in 10 years on this earth? Like, oh, this could exactly drive me crazy. Right. But the first thing, you have to stop saying you're sick, my dear. Right. I know. That is not... Okay. So let me ask the spirits a question. Our council members who deal with the health of of Jordan's body, what is the real situation that is happening and that's causing all of these things to manifest? Uh Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Thank you. And so you said, so let me just tell you what they said so that we keep the conversation going. Um, so the council member said that you don't have clear boundaries. And, and, and when we say clear boundaries, we mean boundaries that define the safety of yourself in the rest of the world that you're picking up on and feel responsible to hold. Um, A lot of your ancestry, if you actually go back in your mom's bloodline, because I'm actually seeing your mom's bloodline, you have incidences in your mom's bloodline in family history where they've created illnesses for themselves because of the empathic energies that they've taken on. And even in your mom's body, your mom holds on to a lot of uh, stuff in her intestinal area and and the bloating and the gassing and like, you know, and holding on to that weight and all of that because of the the constant empathic and, you know, feelings of attack that she's getting from the rest of the world and then trying to keep a happy smile and happy face about it all doesn't support, right? Because that's the contradiction that you see. It's like, hey, mom, you need to be honest about how you're really feeling versus trying to mask it and then put make it all about dad and focusing on dad when you need to be focusing on yourself as a woman and what you're actually receiving and taking on. Well, the same, right? So we, we look at that, right? And then we look at, oh, okay, so how is that playing out in your health? Oh, here we go. It's playing out in your health with this constant... Um, feeling of attack that is happening or that can come out of nowhere, which can throw your whole entire um, immune system off. And mostly, not just your immune system, but we're talking about your endocrine system here. We're talking about the, the fine frequencies that actually make up your endocrine system and the way that your hormones are balancing out and regulating themselves in your body. Okay. So the first thing we have to recognize is one, the acidic breakdown in your body is caused by you worrying too much and creating that very dissonant channel of frequency of fear and helplessness. The fear and helplessness, which generates worry, actually is breaking down the frequencies that keep your balance from your, that keeps the balance in your body from you getting sick. 
So when you start going into like, okay, what do we got to do here? And 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 you keep saying that over and over, the more you are creating those frequencies to go out of alignment. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, why am I feeling this way? How come I feel tired? Why am my skin breaking up? Why do I feel like my stomach is tight? Why do I feel these things? Well, because your body's like, hey, you operate on frequency. So you should be having music playing in your house all day long that are esophageal tones that are creating what we call harmony. You need harmonious energy. You need to be surrounded by nature. You have too much buildings around your energy. It's not working for you. Like you need nature, my love. You need lots and lots of nature to balance out you, the balanced blonde. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel that so strongly. You're so powerful. You're, it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing how on point you are. It's true. I'm a shaman. What do you, what am I supposed to do? Sit here and, uh, you know, (laughs) count count the the, the sheep jumping over the moon. (laughs) You know, I mean, my role is to be of service and that's the greatest gift that God has ever given me. You know, it's, 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 it's not the success or how many people follow me or how many, like what I can buy material wise, because material should always be to support your community and support each other to, to feeling more joy, more happiness and being able to thrive more. For me, it's the service. It's, it's the ability to have the, the, the know-how as a shaman to be able to help people see the power that they represent mm-hmm. and get out of this kind of like indoctrinated guru, shaman, hierarchy, you're better, I'm not, unless I have this or I have that. It's like this duplicited depletion of, of the lack that we keep playing out in the spiritual wellness community that if you don't have this, something's missing from you versus us learning how to truly be like what you, what you represent. Balance, right? So what is balance? Balance is synergy. Yeah, it is. Wow. Do you know that to your, I think it's to your right. I'm really bad with right or left. There's like a light beam that keeps coming in. Do you see that? It's like no. all around you. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. So beautiful. And you're <laughs> You're surrounded by nature right now, which looks so nice. I could use that right now. And thank you. Thank you for starting off this conversation and this podcast, helping me so much, helping my heart so much. That rings so true in so many ways. Boundaries are hard for me. And change your wordage. We're not going to program your ego to keep okay, you're right, you're right. for you. Say, I am stepping into. I am stepping into... In a beautiful way. In a beautiful way. Of honoring myself. Of honoring myself. And my autonomy. And my autonomy. As a me first. As a me first. Pathway. Pathway. To success. To success. That feels good. Yeah. feels really, really good. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Love you so much. It's so good to see your face, your angelic face. I can see you shapeshift even through the computer screen, which is so cool. <laughs> angel soul coming through. So beautiful. So let's, let's catch up on your life. You've, you've been, this is your third time on the show. So update everybody here. You've had a book come out in the last year, Spirit Hacking, which is amazing in which you predicted so much of what's happening right now in 2020. And you're in a beautiful relationship. 
update us on the life of Shaman Durek? Uh, can you ask some questions and then I can update you to yeah, give you okay. some ideas so of where start, to focus my attention? Let's start with number one, your relationship. How did you meet the princess and how's everything going between the two of you? So we met, um, I think it's something two years now, uh, because we met and we became friends at first and we met through a mutual friend named Milana Snow. Mm-hmm. And M- Milana Snow um, was friends uh, with Princess Marta and had a session with her. They were doing a trade. Um, and Milana also, you know, was with me. And so Milana said, oh, you know, I have this amazing person that I want you to meet. And at the time, I was still coming out of my own type of somewhat relationship with this other girl that I was with and really deciding, like, you know, that relationships were actually a distraction for me than focusing on my real relationship, which is with God. And when I say that, if it charges people, I'm talking about the God of unconditional love that you speak into and it creates as you speak into, not the God that was formulated by the ETs that punishes you and gives you clauses of demands and realities based on heaven and hell. Um, So when I got into that space of having this introduction, more so like a blind date, um, I wasn't really interested in it because I was doing a lot of focus on women empowerment in Turkey and really creating, um, bringing shamanism to the mainstream for doctors and the TV show doctors that I'm on and really being able to kind of create a forefront for shamanism, not as some kind of like uh, antidote of ayahuasca and iboga and like dancing and banging drums and rattles, but really coming into a place of shamanism from the understanding of true awareness of self in relationship to the food we eat, to the relationships we have, to the community, to nature, to all of it. And how do we create a true authentic, playful, non-resistant, and yet free-based way of living, living our lives in true liberation and what that represents and how do I continue to liberate myself? So I was like, in order for me to do that, I really need time to be the hermit and be with my own energy and to be with myself. And then I have this wonderful friend named Selena who was running Dave Asprey's company. And she said to me, if something shows up, Derek, and spirit brings it to you, you shouldn't just you know, push it away just because you have these other views. You need to be open just as much as you say, flexible just as much as you speak about, and be fluid to the opportunities that spirit in life is bringing you. And so I decided to engage in that um, meeting. And then I found out only but weeks before the meeting that she was a princess. And that was a red flag for me because, you know, I've seen, I've traveled quite a bit and I've been to, I used to live in Sardinia and Porto Chevo, and I've seen a lot of rurals come in through there and I've watched how they act at different parties and events that I've been at. And I was like a little bit concerned that I might be too much for a royal. You know, and I'm a very transparent, free person. So I'm the type of person who will tell you exactly what I think and feel. And if I'm putting to a situation where someone is telling me I can't be who I am, that is going to be difficult for me. And I thought, you know, perhaps that's, you know, who she is. And then I was invited by Milana to let go of that, which has been, she's an amazing coach and really helping you, you know, put your mind in the, the place that it needs to be. So I entertained in meeting with her and she came with some friends to my place in my house in, um, in, in the Hollywood Hills. And I, she walked in the door 
looked in my eyes and I saw these blue eyes and I fell right into her eyes and I looked at her and I saw Egypt. I saw me sitting on a throne with my scepter and she was standing next to me with all these gold around her and like jewels on her and she had her hand on my shoulder and um, she was like my beloved and literally looked at me and goes, I remember you. And I said, yes, we were destined to meet as, as according to, you know, it's been, a, I, I forget how, you know what, when you have her on your podcast, she can tell you because she says it best. But so I said some kind of thing and she kind of rolled her eyes inwardly as like, oh my God, this LA guy, you know, which she told me later, you know, and we had a lunch and with my niece and, you know, with her friends and my you know assistant and my team. And it was lovely. And then afterwards, I kind of showed off my powers to her friends. And she <laughs> thought that was funny as well. And um, she was outside. And, you know, she, I had no idea she was outside crying on the porch because she said she never thought that she would ever meet magic before. Like she thought about it as growing up. But when you grow up in a palace and you have servants and you have a father who's a king, a mother who's a queen, and you have royal duties and you have all of these rules and, um, you know, certain behaviors and structures that are already set up for you, but you see spirits and you see things and you hear things. And yet everyone around you is telling you that that's crazy, but you don't want to say too much because in your country, they can admit you to saying that you, you know, you're crazy and that you're, you've lost your mind. And so for her to be the type of princess who, you know, would, you know, disguise herself and sneak out and go into town with a wig and contacts and, and, you know, put on commoners clothes and, you know, and, and, and introduce herself to other people who had like mind and then open up a healing center behind the whole country's back and run it and teach people emotional awareness and psychic abilities and all of these different things. And then your whole life, you're told to you marry a prince. And so she's dated all these princes and, you know, marry this guy. He's a banker, be with this guy. And she met her husband, Ari, who was amazing, you know, went to Steiner school. They had three beautiful children today. Um, that are still, you know, um, you know, Emma, Maud, and Leah, who are my heart and soul. You know, they, and Ari and them created these beautiful children. And then you find out um, that, you know, that's not, you're not truly happy. And, you, you know, you come out of that relationship and you've been told by psychics that there's some guy of dark skin who's your true mate and you have, he's coming and so forth. And so when she met me, it was like, it was an impact for her. And it was an impact for me. However, I wasn't willing to entertain it. At that time, because like I told you before, my devotion to God and spirit and ancestors and to the people, it was my focus. And so we became friends and we would talk and then I would travel and she'd come and see me and she was doing something at United Nations and she'd come over to my resident hotel. And, and then we build and she built with my family. And I said, look, you have three kids. You know, children are a lot. They mean a lot to me. I've dated a lot of women with children and uh, lost those women and their children. That was really painful. So before I go into any relationship with women with children, I always want to make sure that I get along with the children and that the children understand me. So I was like, we have to start having the kids come around. I want to take them out to Universal Studios. I want to do fun things and bring my family and see how we get along before we go into this a little bit deeper. Let's just be friends and just have the kids come around. So we did that for a while. And then, uh, and then we fell in love. And, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the most challenging thing for me was going from focusing on who I am as Shaman Durek and then shifting narratives over to being, you know, a royal, uh, in a royal couple, being a royal couple and being a part of the royal family, which came on with a lot of intensity. You know, I was thinking about Megan 
and how she felt every single day being in with the royal family and how there are times where I felt like I was going to lose my mind, you know? And, you know, when you're, you're such a free spirit and I'm such a, 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 a being that is like radiant light that just loves to be free and playful and fun and sing spontaneously Disney songs and dance around and like, you know, and have fun, have tea parties and play and have fun and love and all these things. And then fit myself into a, you know, a suit buttoned up and like sitting with my back straight and legs a certain way apart and like, you know, following certain etiquettes and how do I introduce myself to other royal family members who are coming from the other palaces and for dinner or for balls or for outings or for royal weddings. And that was a lot. It was like a crash course. And I'm still, I'm still trying to, to digest with love how to be those two people. Right. Yeah, that's a big shift. And it's been amazing to watch you fall in love and be so happy. And I'm so happy for you as someone who loves you. And I just, I know the love that is between the two of you. And it's also so fascinating. And I know you've talked about experiencing some racism within the royal family. And if you could talk about that, that would be so illuminating, especially for those of us who just, I just can't even imagine that. Like you're the most lovely person. And to me, to be met with that type of response, I'm sure was, was hard. Yeah. You're bringing up emotions in me now and I'm starting to cry. Both cry. Okay. Okay. I cried at the beginning. (laughs) Um, I think that I've dealt with racism my whole life as a kid growing up being called the N-word and being excluded and having friends who are my, I thought were my best friends and then their moms telling them they can't stay, come over anymore because they lost their ring and blamed me for stealing it and then found it and then invited me back over. And it was just like so many slaps across the face. And I think also that by being harassed by police all the time and always having my father remind me of what it was like for him and the things he saw and the lynchings he saw and the... You know, and I've done a lot of internal love on myself to get to a space of accepting the reality that's in America when it comes to racial discrimination and realizing that, yes, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, wonderful man, beautiful, brilliant spirit who has such vision to be able to acknowledge the dream that we all are capable of having, yet to create civil rights that we can be civilized, but yet the human rights that we think we have, not the human rights that is just projected from United Nations, but the true human rights as a spirit, as a living being, as an entity that's embodied in this color, in this flesh, in this biological spacesuit, has to endure daily, you know, and, and not feel like there's ever a moment where it stops. And you just feel like everything you do is met, you know, even in the wellness world, it has been so challenging navigating myself as a shaman since the early 90s, sharing shamanism with people before Whole Foods was even built to any of these wellness ideas were built as a, as a part of our daily lifestyle. And then to have made peace with that and be able to, to rectify that I'm not going to be that angry guy. I'm not going to be that person who's blaming white people. I'm not going to be that person because that's only just exactly what the matrix wants. It wants me to be angry. It wants me to feel left out. It wants me to, you know, to feel these energies. 
and use the take that pain and really turn it into um, to love and love more and more the more I feel that. And so, you know, being thrown to the ground, being pulled over, having, you know, cops put guns to my back, blaming me for robbing stores that I never did just because of the color of my skin, getting scuffs on my knees because they think I did something that I didn't do, and just always singling me out because of the color of my skin. I just got comfortable with it and just dug into love even more. But being with the, in the royal family has been a challenge for me because I, the moment I went public with my relationship with Princess Marta, I mean, the, the, the consensus in Norway was that the paparazzis were the biggest on me more so than Justin Bieber. I mean, it was, I remember arriving at the airport with my nieces and running because it was so intense for me. I've never, I've never had so much scrutiny in my life. I've never felt uh, this point of my life where I had to give up my privacy. You know, like I, I can't speak about things openly anymore. I can't have friends come to my house anymore and talk freely about things unless they sign a non-disclosure. I can't go out to places without knowing that there's spies. And, you know, there's people who hire private eyes on me. I have spies that watch me. I have uh, death threats that are constantly given to me in Princess Marta. I get racial comments from Spain, from Germany, from the Netherlands, from London. I, you know, the press is always watching every podcast I go into. They see my name, they know the podcast, they go right in and listen. Uh, they go onto every IG, they watch every little thing I do. I think I'm on vacation and I'm private and they're... The paparazzis have rented houses near the area and have long lens range cameras and they're videotaping everything that I do. I have to close my windows, my blinds everywhere I go because the camera is sitting there in my window trying to get a picture of me naked, trying to get a picture of me being intimate, trying to get a picture of me doing something that they can make tabloids on. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the press all the time. Every time I look at Google or I look at what's going on in English press or Spain or Mexico or whatever, there's always something written about me and Princess Marta. And I think... You know, I've learned to build a very strong inner core, Jordan, that I've never had before. I, I, I definitely had a strong core, but my disposition or my positioning on strength has changed because I had so many breakdowns. I think I even called you once and talked to you about it. I was having a meltdown. I like cried on TV. I started having panic attacks in the morning. Everywhere I went, I never had like people were just in my face and there still are. But now I've learned how to kind of like shift my perspective into just letting the paparazzis get what they want because I know it's feeding their families and I know it's, 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 there's people who are behind it that need to pay their bills. So I'm just like, here, take the picture. I'm going to stand still. I'm not going to run and look like a crazy person. But the issue that I've had when in the, within the royal family, when I can't go too deep into it, but I can talk about the things that I'm open about around it. Yeah was at a royal wedding that I was at. And um, every time around other royal family members or other princes and princes and kings and queens of other palaces, um, there's always this, I can always feel this, this stigmatism. It's like, yes, they're being polite because in the royal house, you don't really say what you really mean. You say it in a very cordial way. Like if you're irritated with someone, you don't say, you really piss me off. You would say something in regards to, well, you know, it, it seems that you um, have created quite a stir um, with everyone today. You know, and you don't say like, I'm mad at you. You say, 
oh, well, you know, it just seems that you are um, acting in a way that is um, unpleasant, you know, when you really know what you, what they mean. And, and so being at the Royal Palace uh, for the wedding, you know, we're in this huge castle, we're this land that's like extraordinarily, like right out of the movies. And we're, you know, we're having the royal dinner and I, you know, I'm sitting across from one of the princesses. I can't say her name because it's I'm not allowed to talk about these things, but let's just say she's very um, important in the royal family, not in Marcia's family, but in her, one of her cousins. And she's looking at me upside, up, down, sideways, like, why is this guy on this table? You know, and you can feel it. You can feel the uncomfortableness that people have. That who is this black man? Who is this colored man, this melanated man that is in our society? Who are you? Why? How, 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 who do you think you are? You know, and so when I was at one of the real weddings, one of the, um, and I can't say who it is, but, you know, they sat down on the table and they basically said to me, like, where did you learn your etiquette from? And I said, well, I learned my etiquette growing up as a kid in my family. And they go, oh, well, your family must be very weak. I said, well, why is my, why is my family weak? I said, well, because your family is weak that they would have to teach you etiquette so that you can pretend to be with us, you know, to be with us. Oh my God. I said, you know, my family's quite strong actually. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. And, um, and then it went into like, isn't your family roots um, from Ghana and from West Africa? And I said, yes. Well, you know that we were the first slave traders in Ghana. Like who says that? That is, you know, no, seriously. Who says that? And the person was saying these things to me only to get a rise out of me. Right. So that they can get me angry and act out so they can point out, see, this person doesn't belong. Right. And, but because I've dealt with so much of the, the racial discord in America, I've learned to gardener myself this great deal of respect and dignity within myself. That when, you know, it's like I always go back to Dr. Martin Luther King walking to the podium and saying that speech that changed the world. And that man spit in his face and he wiped the spit from his face and said, I do believe this belongs to you and handed him the handkerchief with his own spit on it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at how I deal with these conflicts is that I'm not going to act out to give you the power that you've been trying to achieve by saying these very mean and very just very uh, crass and non-intelligent uh, ways of communicating to another person and not uh, with complete void of love and complete hate and malice to, to, to attack me in such a way. I'm just going to simply say, it seems that the conversation has become very stale. I'm going to retire to my quarters and um, Princess Marta, will you accompany me to our room? And it seems to, uh, you know, uh, you know, thank you for sharing this time with me and may you have a good evening. And I want to reach out my hand, which, you know, I don't shake people's hands, but you know, I did that. And he, you know, repulsed at my hand and said, I would never touch your hand or anything to do with your type of people. And was just like laughing in my face. Like, are you kidding me? Do you actually think you would ever have me touch you? And I said, well, then I bid you farewell. And, you know, that's the thing is that when you're in the royal family, you don't, it's not like I'm going to be free and dance Disney and do all that kind of stuff. You know, right. you have to really fit into this, this certain way. And so when I think about Harry and Megan, who are, you know, Martha's cousins, uh, well, well, Prince Charles is Martha's cousin. So that makes her fourth cousin to Harry. Um, you know, I look at how she must have felt 
you know, being this actress from LA, you know, where you're free, you say what you want to say. And then all of a sudden you're pushed into this tiny itsy bitsy little you. And that's how I feel. Like I, I remember Marta said to me, honey, I want you to know that um, you're going to feel pressure from everything. And if it's too much, let me know. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I felt the pressure. I lost my personality and I got put, molded into this very structural royal family member that, you know, follows the rules and does what I'm told and all these types of things. And when we finally got out of that environment, it took me a week to recover. And I started crying because I lost myself. Right. The part of myself that's the playful boy, the part of myself that likes to, to, to spontaneously go, Geronimo, <laughs> you know, and like just the fun parts of who I am. Yes. And yeah, so that has been um, a challenge. And I think also the death threats have been a challenge when people, oh. uh, you know, threaten my life and tell me they're going to look for me and find me and do these, all these, and they describe all the horrible things they want to do to me and really, you know, reporting that to the palace police and guards and really helping the palace be able to crack down on those death threats for me and Princess Marta. Mm-hmm. And then also I think the reverse racism that comes from um, the melanated, the black community mm-hmm. of who do you think you are dating a white woman um, you're disrespecting your own kind. So where is, it's at what point do we start focusing on love right. versus these, these very distorted principles that we've held so strong to that need to come undone? And I, I have a lot of respect for my girlfriend and you'll find out when you, if you speak to her, she's such an eloquent um, speaker, wom- a powerful woman um, who speaks for women's rights and against, uh, against homosexuality abuse, against anything that is Anything that is affecting anyone from being able to expand their light and be who they are. And what I love about her is she's the first of the royals to speak out on racism and take the the arrows and knives and daggers that's been coming at her for being the first to speak out about the fact that she was born into privilege and she was born into a system where she had no idea that racism existed until she started dating me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to talk to her. You guys are such a power couple. And I've just been listening so intently and getting chills and tearing up. And like, you're the most powerful person I know. I I love you so much. And you're so strong. And it just hurts me so much to hear that you've been treated this way. And to know that this exists out there, which I know is a privileged thing for me to say, to, hear, to be shocked that that exists and that happens. And it's hard. And it's also like, who can you even please? Because you're saying there's reverse racism and there's just so much anger and, and pain. And when, you, and when you talk about the person who was, who was so... Um, awful to you and wouldn't shake your hand and was talking about slavery, you as a shaman can see that person is full of so much pain. So to be able to see that and to to still act with such grace and strength as you do, I just want to commend you because that's, that's beautiful. And it's, it's, um, it's love and you always act with love and grace. And so how can we all do that with, with the divide that's happening right now and the pain in our world? What would be some tips that you have for 
remaining in love and unity and not accidentally pissing people off, which seems to be just what the norm right now, what would be your advice for us? So, you know, one thing I've learned in all of these things, you know, and uh, I think it becomes something that can be a great, a great way for us to center ourselves is recognizing love's resilience and really being able to see love as a covering and recognizing that what you see someone doing or acting out, you, you can't really re- react to it because they're living in a different evolution than you are. And I think we forget sometimes about evolution because we get in this idea that that person should know better and that person should be kinder because that's who you are. And so we have this part of us, a part of ourselves. And it's really interesting because I, being growing up in a, um, with a lot of abuse and, and, and a lot of sexual molestation done to me and a lot of things that I've gone through in my own personal life, being bullied and beaten up at school for being the the nerd, you know, who collects stamps and coins and, you know, loves action figures. And when I, people thought, you know, that, yeah, that, that you should be cooler than that. And, you know, whatever, because I had a Depeche Mode fan club. Okay. The point of the matter is, you know, um, or being fact that I'm, you know, I'm black and I don't listen to hip hop. I listen to country music and I listen to rock and roll and I love Metallica and like that, you know, so I got beat up a lot. And what I've learned is, is that we have a tendency as human beings, to want to be loved by our abusers. 